Welcome to the Tiara's Tears and Triumphs show, a safe place for women to heal and grow, where we discover our value, share our tears as we go through the hard times and rise up as we become empowered to meet our challenges head on. Just a caution, if you feel unsafe at any time, please stop listening. You can come back anytime you are in a safe place to listen to the rest of the podcast. Your safety is the most important thing to consider. I'm not alone in placing great importance, great value, great worth in understanding the principles of how to think and grow rich. I want you to be able to have the expertise, the wisdom, and ultimately the belief that you too can transform your life into a life that is rich and rewarding, no matter what stage in your life you are at, and no matter how little you may currently have. As long as you breathe, you have life. As long as you have life, you have an opportunity to change your life for the better. So let's get started on how to think and grow rich. Throughout the ages, people have aspired to be rich. In my mind, the word rich and the concept of being rich can mean many different things. It's all relative to the individual and what that person values in their life. The definition of rich that I like comes from the Cambridge English Dictionary and it means having or containing a large amount of something that is desirable or valuable. For example, the country is rich in oil or it's rich in minerals or it's rich in timber. Or maybe you're thinking about needing a bit of vitamin C at the moment to ward off, um, help your immune system with all the viruses that are going around. And you think about what's rich in vitamin C, you might be thinking something like orange juice is really rich in vitamin C. So that's really valuable to us and our immune system. So basically, rich means that there's an ample supply of something or an abundance of something. So um, that's why rich is so appealing because it's great to have things in ample supply. Um, if you don't have things in ample supply, that's a lack. That is where scarcity comes in. So, and we've seen lots of that over the last few years where, you know, in the Western world, we live in a really affluent society and we've got good social services and those kinds of um, support systems in place that really help us to at least have the basics covered or you know very close to so you can still be in survival mode when you're dependent on welfare or social security um, but whether you're 
in that position or whether you're somebody who you know has a good job and a regular income we've all seen lack and scarcity in things in the, in the supply and um, demand with materials with goods with all sorts of things there's long waits on parts you see big gaps in in shelves when you go to the shops um, where there are supply issues so that is what it looks like when you're not experiencing that abundance that we were so used to as being the norm um, in the world that we live in so um Sometimes what you don't have when it comes to those gaps, that can really change your definition of what the word rich means. So to say for somebody who's sick, um, well, good health, you know, that might be their greatest desire and the thing that they value the most in their life right now. So when you're not in good health, you know, that's a time where you might have before that, you know, really put a lot of emphasis on material possessions as being really important and reflective of rich and having a rich and wealthy life. But if you're unwell, then suddenly, you know, that changes for you because you've got a need to get your health back because if you don't have your health then everything else pales into insignificance to the person who has lost financial security um having more money may be the greatest fixation and the thing that they value the most and that's understandable um, i've heard lots of people say that money isn't important and I on one hand you know I understand where they're coming from when they say that because there are other things that are obviously important in life that if we don't have them then no amount of money that we have is going to be worth anything however it, you know if you know for somebody who is in a position where they're having their needs met um, they've got financial security, they've got a regular income, all of the things that they need and they want in their life, they're, they're secure. And that's when it becomes really easy for somebody to just rattle off, you know, money's not important. So, you know, without a doubt, like I said, when it comes to your health, you know, health and time are, are two things that also need to be really valued in life. They need to be truly appreciated and not squandered, not wasted, um, because without them, whatever wealth we might be in possession of, um, it's going to be little use to us. So why am I talking about this topic of being rich? Well, I know what the pain of losing all financial security feels like. I know what it is like because I've gone through that firsthand and I know what how that impacted on my overall health, my well-being, my quality of life. And it wasn't a fun place to be. But, you know, if this was just about me, then, you know, why, why would I be going to the trouble of putting together 
an episode on Tiara's Tears and Triumphs about this topic. And, you know, the reason is, is that I'm not the only person who's ever hit rock bottom financially. And, you know, what happened for me is it was a result of a toxic relationship where there was a lot of financial abuse involved. So that's how I lost my financial security. Um, and for me, what that did to me is that threw me into a space of being in survival mode. I was really scrambling at, for a long time, really, to, um, to find my footing again and to feel secure again. So, so it didn't um, stop just because I broke free from that relationship. I, I didn't suddenly feel safe and secure again. It, it's been a learning process for me and it's taken a lot of time and a lot of um, practical steps that I've needed to take to be able to feel secure again, which is a wonderful feeling to have. And that's to have that in abundance is something that in, gives you confidence to take risks in life too. And, you, you know, we all need to um, get outside of our comfort zone to be able to grow and flourish in our lives. And when you're coming from a space of being in survival mode, when you're coming from a space of um just having that, you know, feeling of lack of insecurity. It's you, you want to put all your effort into just trying to stay safe. And that will keep you in a space that helps you to feel okay, but isn't going to help you to get unstuck. So I, as I said, needed to take lots of steps to be able to change um, the way that I related to life and I related to money. So one of the things that I discovered was that my relationship with money, it really needed a lot of work. It had been really damaged by the trauma of the experiences that I'd been through. And this is true for many, many women who go through abusive relationships and financial abuse. At the end of it, that, you know, they can, their life feels like it's in a million pieces and they're wondering where to start to piece their lives back together again. So for me, what I did is I went in search of the answers to help me to heal the things that I needed to heal and to learn what I needed to learn. And then I started working on implementing what I'd learned into my life. And as I was going along, I know that for me, um, becoming rich it doesn't just mean money, okay? Yes, it does mean financial security. That is something that I value. That is something that I appreciate. But it also means having the time and the health to enjoy a rich and rewarding life. For me, you know, I've got many things that I do outside of work and outside of um, the things that I do to improve my financial position that 
are rich and rewarding for me that don't have any monetary return and I value those things as much as I value where the next dollar comes from because those experiences are the experiences that bring me joy and that bring me fulfillment and that's so important in life to get that personal satisfaction that comes from immersing yourself in experiences that have meaning that have joy and that um that at the end of the day they they really enrich your life and make it a wonderful life to live so some people who have financial security they're stuck in a job that they absolutely hate and that job that they hate it's just sucking the life out of them and their quality of life it's just been completely diminished because they just from the moment they get up you know they just are filled with dread about going to a job that they hate um, and so it sort of bleeds all over every area of your life and it steals your joy and that's not a rich and rewarding life so there's you know things that these people need to do to combat that it's either working on knowing what your end game is with that job to know well I don't enjoy the job but at the end of that day that job provides me with security that job provides me with sufficiency so that I can do the things outside of that job that are really rich and rewarding to me. So it's really important to, um, because you can fall into victimhood even when you have security, what we deem to be security in our lives. Um, you don't have to be a victim of domestic abuse to feel like a victim. And sometimes, you know, that choice that you made to take that job on initially, that, you know, no longer serves a purpose for you, but you feel like you're stuck in a rut and you can't make a change. And when you feel like you can't make a change, then you become a victim. And it's really important to find ways to step back into a place of empowerment in your life where you accept what's happening in your life fully and work out ways that you can change what you feel is important to bring your life into alignment again so that you've got that peace of mind and you're able to go through your day with your head held high and knowing that you're living your best life and you're actively working on that and you're no one else is calling the shots or forcing you to do that thing you're choosing what you're doing in your life and that's a really empowering place to be so over the next few episodes of tiara's tears and triumphs i want to share a few tools that are contained in the book written by the granddaddy of all motivational literature the book think and grow rich by napoleon hill so tune in and not only will you get teaching on the principles of enriching your life on all possible levels, you will also get exercises that you can start putting to work in your life. Okay, let's open the door on part one of Think and Grow Rich.
I wish that they included this book, Think and Grow Rich, in the school curriculum. It may shock you to know that half of all Australians, they struggle with financial literacy. Not only that, but Australian kids' financial knowledge is on the decline. It's not good. There is no independent financial literacy strand in the Australian curriculum. Only a substrand exists within maths. So that being the case, is it any wonder that so many people find themselves in financial hot water where they have delved far too heavily in credit with borrowings far greater than they have the ability to service? So at the time of this recording, interest rates are on the rise around the world, which is putting people under financial pressure. Not only that, but at the same time, the cost of living, the cost of materials and the cost of services, they've all increased as well. So no amount of wishful thinking is going to help us to magically make us rich to the point where we don't have to concern ourselves with the costs of living or the rise in the interest rates. This is something that we need to concern ourselves with. So unless you're already on easy street, this is something that you should listen to. So learning how to manage what we have and learning how to create a plan with strategies to execute the plan is what is going to make the difference at the end of the day, whether we go backwards, whether we stay stuck or whether we move forward. That is the difference it's going to make. So if you're in a tight spot financially at the moment, you have probably learned some great strategies on how to make your money stretch to be able to have the basics like keeping a roof over your head, keeping food on the table and keeping the basic bills paid. But at the same time, you have probably adopted what is called a scarcity mindset. The fear from just scraping by has probably got you thinking things like, I just don't see how I'm ever going to be able to have more money than what I have right now. Or there just isn't enough for me to make any inroads with saving for anything that will make a difference. So these are the kinds of things that I used to say to myself. I was in survival mode and it was such an incredibly stressful place to be. My day-to-day -day life back then just seemed to get progressively worse over time and I couldn't see a way to dig myself out of the financial hole that I found myself in. I'd heard about the book The Secret and I totally took a hold of the belief about the law of attraction. But like a lot of people, I thought that my job was just to send out a positive statement, a positive message, a positive wish to the universe about what it was that I wanted in my life and to let it go and leave it there with the universe to 
bring that into my life, to manifest that into my life. So I know I'm not alone in this. This is, you know, it's kind of like, you know, having that wish, that desire that you'll win the lottery, that you'll win Tats Lotto and that your problems will all magically disappear. So what I didn't realise is that this was only one step in a series of steps that I needed to take to manifest the things that I wanted. So Napoleon Hill's book speaks about these steps in great detail. And that's what I want to share with you through a series of recordings on the Tiara's Tears and Triumphs podcast. I recently heard someone describe the law of attraction in a way that really made sense to me. She described it as being like ordering something online. So just to give you an example, it's like ordering, maybe going to Amazon. When you go to Amazon, the Amazon site, you'll type in keywords into the search area and the more detailed that you get with your description, the more likely you are to find exactly what you want. So you might get really specific and it might come up straight up and be the first thing there. So let's just say, for example, um, that it's a women's rockabilly blue, navy blue um, and white polka dot dress that you're wanting to search for so you type in all those words and you'll get items that will come up on your screen ready for you to select and order so you'll have options there about what might be the thing that you want but if you're looking for that dress and you only put into your search and you just put in blue dress you're going to get dresses in all sorts of styles. You're going to get a ton more because you haven't been clear enough about what it is that you were looking for. There'll be so many you'll be overwhelmed and, you know, like you may never find that navy blue rockabilly, you know, dress with white polka dots on it because you haven't been specific. You'll be getting blue dresses that are different styles, different lengths, different patterns. And you might even find that you're getting dolls dresses or children's dresses that are coming up in the feed as well because you haven't gotten specific enough to have the dress, the type of dress that you're actually looking for come up. So that's why... That's the first thing. That's why, um, you know, when you are wishing for something new to come into your life or desirous of having something new come into your life, the more specific you can get with it, the better. So if you're really vague and you say, I want more money, um, like, what is that? You know, what does more money mean to you? What, how much money do you want? Um, you know, like when, when are you expecting to receive that money? Um, you know, what do you need that money for specifically? So you've got to get much more specific about what it is that you want, more definite. And the more definite you become with what you want, the easier it is going to be for you to source that thing because it'll present itself to you 
more easily because you've been very clear about what it is that you're looking for. So that's the first thing. When it comes to the law of attraction, the more specific you can get with the thing that you would like to bring into your reach, and I'm using the word reach for a reason, okay, the better. So give your desire as much detail as you possibly can. That's the reason why you need to get very specific okay the next step that you have to take with the law of attraction that doesn't get talked about enough is that you need to physically engage so when I said it's out of your reach you've actually got to reach for it you can't sit there and wait for it to be handed to you on a silver platter okay you actually need to do something to be able to get that thing into your life So otherwise, you're not going to be able to start processing that order. So let's go back to that example with that cute little women's rockabilly blue and white polka dot dress that I was talking about. So let's say you type that into your search and you got 10 different dresses that came up from 10 different sellers, okay? Um, And that was your... Um, selection to choose from and you see one you spot one that you really really like and you're like oh I love this dress it's so cute I love it Um, and the next thing you do you can't just go and order You, you first of all you need to select your size and because it's not enough to just click and say send me a dress although some dresses are one size fits all but this is a rockabilly dress this has got like you know a waist and Um, you know, you need to know what size you are. You need to order that dress in your size. So that it has to be sized. You have to have that knowledge so that you know it's going to be the right fit for you. You can't otherwise you'll click order and you'll get a dress, but it probably won't fit you at the end of the day and it's not going to be any good to you. So After you've selected the size, you need to start to select the number of dresses that you want. So you can't just go and order randomly and it's going to send you 10 dresses when you only wanted one dress. So if it's one dress just for you, you need to select that number. Then if you're ready to process your order, you need to go to the shopping cart to check out and you need to do a few things in that. Um, area you need to enter your details so it needs to know your name it needs to know your address where where it's going to be delivered and you need to provide your payment details in there as well so you can see there you have a part every step of the way in this world in this life in ordering your dress otherwise you're not going to get that dress you need to engage with that you need to reach out for it you need to click 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 before you're going to have that dress be put in the post to you and before it arrives on your doorstep so life is like that with anything that you want to manifest into your life with the law of attraction the more you engage with every step of the process the faster your delivery can make its way to you 
there are many different things if you skip the steps that you will never ever see your order it won't get it won't arrive it won't get through to you so that's what it's like with the law of attraction and that's why we need to actually engage with the process ourselves the universe it's like that big amazon warehouse and it's up to us to be absolutely crystal clear about what we want to order and to complete all the necessary steps in the ordering process to enable the universe to ship our order to us. So it's not just a matter of thinking about wanting that dress. It's about actively searching for that dress. It's about getting very specific about the dress that you're searching for and then it's a whole lot of other really detailed specifications that you need to be clear on in order for that thing that you are desirous of to actually make its way to you so that's the first part okay and even after listening to this you might have think I've tried all of that you know and I follow those steps so many times, but I still don't get the things that I want. And if this is happening to you, this is probably what's happening, okay? So you get into this dreamy mode where you are allowing yourself to dream about the good things that you want in life again. Maybe you've been invited, so we're going back to our our cute little rockabilly dress scenario okay and so you you've just received an invitation to go to a rock and roll dance and you start fantasizing about wearing a cute little rockabilly navy blue dress with those cute little white polka dots and you can see yourself there at the rock and roll dance you can see yourself wearing this cute little dress and you're looking and you're feeling great and you're just so excited. So you allow yourself to look online for the dress that you're dreaming about, okay? And then you get sidetracked because as you're doing your online search for your cute little dress, a message prompt comes up on your telephone that tells you, is a reminder that your car registration is due. And you throw your hands up in the air and you're like, that'd be right. There goes that wish. You know, it's just like it always is. I, I want to get myself something nice and in comes another bill. And that idea that I had, there you go. It's just flown out the window again. Okay. And you don't follow through with putting in an order for the dress. So effectively, you've stopped yourself and you've stopped that order with the universe from being able to get to you. And this can happen at any stage along that process that I talked about earlier, where you could do something, think something, say something, which cancels out the order. And it, it usually comes in the form of negative thoughts on what we believe to be true that cancels our thoughts out for something better. 
And the other thing that we keep doing the same, it, the other thing is that what happens a lot of time is that we'll keep doing the same thing over and over and, um, and it keeps bringing us the same result. So we haven't picked up that what we need to do is we need to do something differently along the way that is stopping us. And basically, you know, we keep making that same mistake over and over again, and it keeps repeating and attracting the same things to manifest in our lives. So for us to attract and manifest something better in our lives, we need to start going about doing things differently. And it really means that we have to do our part. We can't just wish for it to change we're creatures of habit and we need to form new habits that are going to be sending us and sending the universe the right messages. So the other thing that I didn't understand about the law of attraction, which is something really crucial for everybody to understand about the law of attraction is that the law, it is actually working all of the time don't think it's not working because you're not receiving the positive things that you want understand that if you're receiving negative things in your life that it's still working and that's it's reflective of those negative thoughts and beliefs that you have the law of attraction is energized by our thoughts and our beliefs and our actions okay thoughts and beliefs are truly truly powerful things what we think what we believe what we say is they're all very powerful manifesting tools in our lives so if the law of attraction isn't working in your favor then take a step back and take a look at what your thoughts your beliefs and your words are and how that could be impacting on what you are attracting into your life right now if you're thinking and believing things that are negative then negative energy is playing out in the law of attraction and manifesting more of the things that are making you feel so miserable the good news the good news is that you can turn this around. You can if and when you're ready. I'm not alone in placing great importance, great value, great worth in understanding the principles of how to think and grow rich. I want you to be able to have the expertise, the wisdom and ultimately the belief that you too can transform your life into a life that is rich and rewarding no matter what stage in your life you are at and no matter how little you may currently have as long as you breathe you have life as long as you have life you have an opportunity to change your life for the better so let's get started on how to think and grow rich the book think and grow rich by napoleon hill is in the public domain and i'm sharing it with you the listener so that your life may flourish beyond measure and that you can go from strength to strength okay 
Here we go, author's preface. In every chapter of this book, mention has been made of the money-making secret which has made fortunes for more than 500 exceedingly wealthy men whom I have carefully analysed over a long period of years. The secret was brought to my attention by Andrew Carnegie more than a quarter of a century ago. The canny, lovable old Scotsman carelessly tossed it into my mind when I was but a boy. Then he sat back in his chair with a merry twinkle in his eye and watched carefully to see if I had brains enough to understand the full significance of what he had said to me. When he saw that I had grasped the idea, he asked if I would be willing to spend 20 years or more preparing myself to take it to the world, to men and women who without the secret might go through life as failures. I said I would, and with Mr. Carnegie's cooperation, I have kept my promise. This book contains the secret. After having been put to a practical test by thousands of people in almost every walk of life, it was Mr. Carnegie's idea that the magic formula which gave him a stupendous fortune ought to be placed within reach of people who do not have time to investigate how men make money. And it was his hope that I might test and demonstrate the soundness of the formula through the experience of men and women in every calling. He believed the formula should be taught in all public schools and colleges and expressed the opinion that if it were properly taught, it would so revolutionise the entire educational system that the time spent in school could be reduced to less than half. His experience with Mr Charles M Schwab and other young men of Mr Schwab's type convinced Mr Carnegie that much of that which is taught in schools is of no value whatsoever in connection with the business of earning a living or accumulating riches. He had arrived at this decision because he had taken into his business one young man after another, many of them with but little schooling, and by coaching them in the use of this formula, developed in them rare leadership. Moreover, his coaching made fortunes for every one of them who followed his instructions. In the chapter on faith, you will read the astounding story of the organisation of the giant United States Steel Corporation as it was conceived and carried out by one of the young men through whom Mr Carnegie proved that his formula will work for all who are ready for it. The single application of the secret by that young man, Charles M. Schwab, made him a huge fortune in both money and opportunity. Roughly speaking, this particular application of the formula was worth $600 million. These facts, and they are facts well known to almost everyone who knew Mr. Carnegie, 
give you a fair idea of what the reading of this book may bring to you, provided you know what it is that you want. Even before it had on, undergone 20 years of think and grow rich practical testing, the secret was passed on to more than 100,000 men and women who have used it for their personal benefits as Mr. Carnegie planned that they should. Some have made fortunes with it. Others have used it successfully in creating harmony in their homes. A clergyman used it so effectively that it brought him an income of upwards of $75,000 a year. Arthur Nash, a Cincinnati tailor, used his near bankrupt business as a guinea pig on which to test the formula. The business came to life and made a fortune for its owners. It is still thriving, although Mr Nash has gone. The experiment was so unique that newspapers and magazines gave it more than a million dollars worth of laudatory publicity. The secret was passed on to Stuart Austin Weir of Dallas, Texas. He was ready for it, so ready that he gave up his profession and studied law. Did he succeed? That story is told too within these pages. I gave the secret to Jennings Randolph the day he graduated from college and he has used it so successfully that he is now serving his third term as a member of Congress with an excellent opportunity to keep on using it until it carries him to the White House. While serving as advertising manager to the LaSalle Extension University when it was little more than a name, I had the privilege of seeing J.G. Chaplin, president of the university, use the formula so effectively that he has since made the LaSalle one of the greatest extension schools of the country. The secret to which I refer has been mentioned no fewer than a hundred times throughout this book. It has not been directly named for it seems to work more successfully when it is merely uncovered and left in sight where those who are ready and searching for it may pick it up. This is why Mr Carnegie tossed it to me so quietly without giving me its specific name. If you are ready to put it to use, you will recognise this secret at least once in every chapter. I wish I might feel privileged to tell you how you will know if you are ready, but that would deprive you of much of the benefit you will receive when you make the discovery on your own. While this book was being written, my own son, who was then finishing the last year of his college work, picked up the manuscript of Chapter 2, read it and discovered the secret for himself. He used the information so effectively that he went directly into a responsible position at a beginning salary greater than the average man ever earns. His story has been briefly described in Chapter 2. When you read it, perhaps you will dismiss any feeling you may have had at the beginning of the book that it promised too much. And two, if you have ever been discouraged, if you have had 
difficulties to surmount which took the very soul out of you if you have tried and failed if you were ever handicapped by illness or physical affliction this story of my son's discovery and use of the Carnegie formula may prove to be the oasis in the desert of lost hope for which you have been searching. The secret was extensively used by President Woodrow Wilson during the World War. It was passed on to every soldier who fought in the war, carefully wrapped in the training received before going to the front. President Wilson told me it was a strong factor in raising the funds needed for the war too. More than 20 years ago, Honourable Manuel L. Quazon, then um, Resident Commissioner of the Philippine Islands, was inspired by the secret to gain freedom for his pe people. He has gained freedom for the Philippines and is the first president of the free state. A peculiar thing about this secret is that those who once acquire it and use it find themselves literally swept on to success with but little effort, and they never again submit to failure. If you doubt this, study the names of those who have used it wherever they have been mentioned. Check their records for yourself and be convinced. There is no such thing as something for nothing. The secret to which I refer cannot be had without a price, although the price is far less than its value. It cannot be had at any price by those who are not intentionally searching for it. It cannot be given away. It cannot be purchased for money for the reason that it comes in two parts one part is already in possession of those who are ready for it. The secret serves equally well all who are ready for it. Education has nothing to do with it. Long before I was born, the secret had found its way into the possession of Thomas A. Edison, and he used it so intelligently that he became the world's leading inventor although he had but three months of schooling. The secret was passed on to a business associate Mr. Edison, of Mr. Edison. He used it so effectively that although he was then making only $12,000 a year, he accumulated a great fortune and retired from active business while still a young man. You will find his story at the beginning of the first chapter. It should convince you that riches are not beyond your reach, that you can still be what you wish to be, that money, fame, recognition and happiness can be had by all who are ready and determined to have these blessings. How do I know these things? You should have the answer before you finish this book. You may find it in the very first chapter or on the last page. While I was performing the 20-year task of research, which I had undertaken at Mr. Carnegie's request, I analysed hundreds of well-known men, many of whom admitted that they had accumulated their vast fortunes through the aid of the Carnegie secret. Among these men were Henry Ford, William Riggle Jr., John Wanamaker, 
James J. Hill, George S. Parker, E. M. Statler, Henry L. Doherty, Cyrus H. K. Curtis, George Eastman, Theodore Roosevelt, John W. Davis, Albert Hubbard, Wilbur Wright, William Jennings Bryan, Dr. David Starr Jordan, J. Odgen Armour, Charles M. Schwab, Harris F. Williams, Dr. Frank Gunasalis, Daniel Willard, King Gillette, Ralph A. Weeks, Judge Daniel T. Wright, Colonel Robert A. Dollar, John D. Rockefeller, Edward A. Film, Thomas A. Edison, Edwin C. Barnes, Frank A. Vanderlip, Arthur Brisbane, F. W. Woolworth, Woodrow Wilson, W. M. Howard, Taft, Luther Burbank, Edward W. Bock, Frank Munsey, Albert H. Gary, Dr. Alexander Graham Bell, John H. Patterson, Julius Rosenwald, Stuart Austin Weir, Dr. Frank Crane, George M. Alexander, J.G. Chaplin, Honorable Jennings, Randolph Arthur Nash, Clarence Darrow. These names represent but a small fraction of the hundreds of well-known Americans whose achievements financially and otherwise prove that those who understand and apply the Carnegie secret reach high stations in life. I have never known anyone who was inspired to use the secret who did not achieve noteworthy success in his chosen calling. I have never known any person to distinguish himself or to accumulate rich riches of any consequence without possession of the secret. From these two facts, I draw the conclusion that the secret is more important as a part of the knowledge essential for self-determination than any which one receives through what is popularly known as education. What is education anyway? This has been answered in full detail. As far as schooling is concerned, many of the, these men had very little. John Wanamaker once told me that what little schooling he had, he acquired in very much the same manner as a modern locomotive takes on water by scooping it up as it runs. And Henry Ford never reached high school, let alone college. I'm not attempting to minimize the value of schooling, but I am trying to express my earnest belief that those who master and apply the secret will reach high stations, accumulate riches and bargain with life on their own terms, even if their schooling has been meager. Somewhere as you read the secret to which I refer will jump from the page and stand, stand boldly before you if you are ready for it. When it appears, you will recognise it, whether you receive the first sign in the first or the last chapter. Just stop for a moment when it presents itself and turn down a glass for that occasion will mark the most important turning point of your life. We pass now to chapter one and to the story of my very dear friend who has generously acknowledged having seen the mystic sign and whose business achievements are evidence enough that he turned down a glass. As you read his story and the others, remember that they deal with the important problems of life, such as all men experience. The problems arising from one man's endeavor to earn a living, to find hope, courage, 
contentment and peace of mind to accumulate riches and to enjoy freedom of body and spirit. Remember too, as you go through the book, that it deals with facts and not with fiction. Its purpose being to convey a great universal truth through which all who are ready may learn not only what to do, but also how to do it and receive as well the needed stimulus to make a start. As a final word of preparation, before you begin the first chapter, may I offer one brief suggestion, which may provide a clue by which the Carnegie secret may be recognized. It is this, all achievement, all earned riches have their beginning in an idea. If you are ready for the secret, you already possess one half of it. Therefore, you will readily recognize the other half the moment it reaches your mind. And that's it for this episode of Tiara's Tears and Triumphs. So I'm going to leave you there. And next episode of Tiara's Tears and Triumphs, we are going to dive into chapter one of Think and Grow Rich by Napoleon Hill. Until next time, stay well, stay safe. We all go through dark times. When we do, we often feel alone. This is a safe space for you to come and look for some light. I'm a survivor of an abusive relationship. And for a long time, I had no voice because I was too scared to speak up and speak out about what was happening to me. I couldn't see a light at the end of the tunnel, but when I turned a corner in my life, the light started filtering through and I left my old life behind. I am here now to help other women feel seen, heard and valued. I'm reaching out with my light shining on you to help you find your way out of the darkness. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. A note of encouragement. If you are struggling with your mental health, please reach out for support with some form of counselling. If you don't know where to start to find a counsellor, a good place to start is to talk with your doctor. There are also many online counselling supports available. And a word of advice, if the counsellor is not a good fit for you, try another. And if you need to, try another until you have one that is the right fit for you. Tune in again for the Tiara's Tears and Triumphs podcast, helping women who have been hurt to heal and grow, hosted by me, Sandy J. This program provides a safe place to work on inner peace and a strong mindset, spells out how to spot the red flags, advises on ways to stay safe and work on effective safety planning, gives tips on how to look after you when things are tough, teaches empowerment strategies, 
acknowledges life's challenges and explores ways to meet these challenges head on, to go from surviving, to rising, to striving, and finally to thriving. The show includes interviews with other survivors who have come out the other side, who share their stories and insights, as well as interviews with therapists and people working in support roles. I am a survivor and I use my experience and skills to help other women like me. Please listen and be uplifted to rise in this safe space where dignity, kindness and compassion are treasured. And don't forget, if you need some support, I am here for you. I don't want any woman to suffer alone in silence. I don't want any woman to feel oppressed and feel that there is no way out. I want you to know that you can turn a corner. I am a life change facilitator. I help women regain control over their lives. You can find me at sandyj.com.au. Hey now, can you just pause a moment before you go? Because I need you to share your light and leave a review. Can you just take a quick minute to leave a review in iTunes to let other women know this is a show they can trust? It would mean the world to me if you could help shine a light for someone who can't see the light at the end of their tunnel. I need you to do this for someone else who needs some support and encouragement. If you like this show, please subscribe and you will automatically be updated with future episodes when they are released. And please share this podcast with anyone you know who it might help. Thank you so much for tuning in today. Sending you lots of love and light and above all else, wishing you well. You are brilliant. Keep shining. Stay safe. Sandy.